1: Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine, the podcast from the Mid-Alt that looks at all the glamour and indignity of being a grown-up. Hi, I'm Annabelle and I'm Absolutely Fine and yesterday I went for uh, my first walk in about three weeks because of all the fuckery. I had about three weeks of isolation so it was a highlight, it was a highlight to go for a walk. I was delighted uh, and so I was uh, just crossing the road to go into the park and I somehow managed to turn my ankle and I flew into the middle of the road to be narrowly avoided by a van and was sort of rescued and hauled up by a couple of nice ladies. But I was a bit too sort of, ah, frazzled to say thank you. So now I've Sprain my ankle, might be fractured, who knows, am I going to go to the doctor? No, think it's sprained. And I have a limp to add to all the other humiliations. So, oh my God. You know, oh my God, does, does that bearded woman have a limp? Or, <laughs> or, or, or am I seeing things? With
0: the ashes of her dead cat that she's carrying around. <laughs>
1: yes, yes, the, Barry's had, ashes loom large.
0: You've had a hell of a, I'm sorry, I know we're not supposed to say that, but I do think you've had a hell of a few months.
1: Hard to catch a break, Em.
0: Or, or is it just life? And that's shit. Sorry. Anyway, on that note, I'm absolutely fine, but I've got something called Hogo, which is the horror of going out. It's official. I no longer have FOMO, which I suppose is a relief. But I actually so you don't
1: even care that you're missing something.
0: Don't even care that I'm missing anything. Relief
1: also perhaps a worry. Yes, that's what I mean. It's taken yourself out of the game.
0: Refusal to engage with anything. I just want to watch. Actually, I just want to watch Shit Squeak, which I've already watched twice. I think it's just. I know
1: it's impossible to engage with anything meaningful, which is why we have no idea what's going on, right? Thank goodness,
0: our next guest is here. He is an old friend with a brilliant brain, which is a good thing at this stage in the game because we are tired and haven't got a clue. Hugo Rivkind is the hugely popular Times columnist, writing polemics and the famously hilarious diary of the week of someone who is having a particularly spicy time. His weekly Times radio slot is a canter through the news and culture of the week, so thank God he is here to tell us what we need to know. Oh, and let's not even talk about his fights on Twitter. Anyway, Hugo is here to give us his top political moments of the year. How are you, Hugo?
2: I'm absolutely fine, Uh, although my dog is insane, uh, which is is the the main main problem in my life. He's he's always been insane. He's getting more insane. Uh, He barks at... Can I swear on this podcast? Please oh do. My God,
0: please. Fine. Really? He
2: barks at weird shit. Um, <laughs> so when you go for a walk and there's some weird shit happening, he goes quite what, That weird shit might be somebody doing yoga. He doesn't like that at all. Once there was a man on a unicycle, he went fucking nuts. Um, uh, re- but recently, weird shit has, has expanded to include sad people. <laughs> oh, so, if somebody's, yeah. so if somebody in the park is sad my my god he doesn't like that and also we planted a new tree in our back garden and it turns out the new tree is weird shit so 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 he will go out in the morning and he will stand in the lawn basically in, in dog language going what the fuck there's a tree and um and oh my god,
1: this tree is still here yeah
2: dude there's a tree oh my god you know and uh and i'm, I'm hoping it calms down So he's
1: constantly outraged and staring when he shouldn't stare.
2: He's generally, he's, he's just unpredictably belligerent. He's not like, he's not a dangerous dog, he's never bitten anybody, he's just really cross. <laughs> really cross. Either what, that
0: or shit is fucking weird and he's having a perfectly normal response. He's just we are saying not what doing we all it. think. Yeah. Yes, exactly. When
2: I see someone on a on a unicycle in the park, I would like to sort of bark at them too. <laughs> so what are you doing? Get down. That's mental. You know? So, Stop showing off. Why yeah. are you
0: doing yoga outside in front of us, shaming us yeah. with your bendy bottom? Go away. <laughs> so yeah, so actually I think your dog is very sensible. Although right. the tree thing is gonna be slightly that's going to be slightly stressful. It's going to be
1: quite
2: unrelaxing, isn't it? I'm hoping he gets over it. I mean, it can't continue to be But the tree be surprising will grow
1: tree. and it will, because it will, it will get leaves, then the leaves will fall off. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so Hugo, yes. what a year. What a year. And there are you on the front line of, yeah. sort of reporting and documenting and observing the whole shit show. Yeah, we're basically
0: asking you to do a kind of news quiz for us, except for you can't ask us any questions because we have no idea. Because hopes
1: were high, weren't they? (laughs) Twenty
2: twenty one was going to be better than twenty twenty. Well, it was sort of. I mean, it was. uh, You know, the the first half was fairly bleak, and the second half was entirely lacking in optimism. But (laughs) but but there wasn't like the kind of existential despair. You know, there was just it was just kind of it was sort of. It was sort of seventy percent life, rather than one hundred percent life. I know you've got five percent life, and maybe that's all you are ever getting. And know.
1: actually, if you are if you are if you are feeling a bit tired, generally seventy percent life can meet most of your needs.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. So I think it's not been a. I don't think it's been a terrible year, but I mean, the point is, it's a sort of it's a decent enough year as long as next year is better. If next year isn't better, then it's kind of like. Ugh.
1: But yeah. I mean, you know, for a lot of us, um, you know, COVID, 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 we, it's been quite easy to ignore what's been going on politically. I mean, mm. my God.
2: Yes. Yes, it's been, uh, well, because it's particularly because you've always got COVID politically, but you can't just have politics about COVID. You need to have politics about other stuff too. So... Everybody's been behaving really quite strangely. I would say. Imagine what yeah. your dog would have to say. Yes, yes. My dog would make. My dog would make it for an excellent political journalist. Um, Can you imagine and, just
0: in the lobby barking at all the weird shit constantly?
2: Yeah. Well, so what I've do, what I've done for you guys is I've basically prepared for you a list of my favourite political stories of the year. Right. Fabulous. They're not the most important ones. In fact, one might almost say they're the least important ones. <laughs> But they are nonetheless my favourite and I feel they they deserve I think greater discussion.
1: We may have reached saturation with some of the most important ones. So this is going to be sweet relief. Otherwise, we
0: can just talk about the time we had COVID and, and Brexit. Yes, exactly. And that's it. Yeah. So
2: Yeah, let's... everyone knows the, the most important ones, and there's yeah. nowhere to go with them. And it's like no yeah, nobody nobody cares. The least important ones, however, deserve to be remembered.
1: What is your first favorite, least important political <laughs> moment of
2: this year? You had well, it here my first. F- <laughs> my first favorite these aren't chronological, they're just in 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 random order, but nonetheless, my first one. We were talking about dogs. My 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 first favorite story was when when Boris Johnson had to admit that Dylan the dog had a problem with exercising his romantic urges on people's legs. <laughs> right. Uh, what I loved about this story, apart from everything, was um, was was a clearly this is a problem with the Johnson clan generally, not just the dog. You
1: said it. Apple and, tree exactly. And B.
2: The problem had been solved within two days because they chopped his balls off. And you kind Uh, of think... there's a lesson to be learned. Well, well, why stop there? Um, (laughs) But don't you just love the idea of... There's a dog in Downing... I mean, whose legs has he humped? Yes, imagine...
0: But also yeah. I love the idea of people having to not make the connection constantly. As in they're sitting there going, Gosh, Dylan Johnson's humping my leg again And everybody <laughs> like sits there and goes,
1: Don't say it, don't say it, yeah, don't say exactly. it. Who trained this animal? Don't say
2: it. Don't say it. <laughs> yes. or, or, or someone going to carry like, well, you know, you could you could have his balls off and <laughs> Who's whose balls off? <laughs> <laughs> but who's, whose legs is he like I mean, I don't know, I'd like I'd sort of I have a wonderful vision of him humping Jacob mm. Reese moggs leg. It was my first thought, pretend- It's the first leg you think of, yeah? yeah? it is, definitely. Well, he, he pretends not to notice, you know. Um- yes,
1: because he's grown up with, um, you know, Nanny telling him to ignore all humping dogs, which I'm sure there were <laughs> or many. All humping. All <laughs>
2: humping.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to see here, dear. No one's looking at you. Ignore the humping. Mm,
0: he's, and I don't really want to think about this too much, also a fairly prolific humper. I mean, not by Johnson. Yeah, Sixtus is proof yeah. of that.
1: Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, but he's not allowed to have his balls off for religious reasons. I think that's how it works. So, um, so it's so it's much more complicated.
0: Who do you think was the peak person, the 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 the, the, the leg that Dylan humped that caused the chop? Do you see what I yeah, mean? Yeah,
2: I don't know. I mean, uh, maybe maybe the Queen. I just I mean. I know. That although was she's the thing
1: I wasn't going to say. Has he humped the Queen's legs? But I mean, she'd be used to it too. Yeah, You'd
2: think, actually. yes, yes. She's. I bet she's got a good a good kick. To, to <laughs> you know.
1: Maybe
0: that's why she wears those sturdy shoes.
1: Something to do with the walking. It's just, just
0: yes,
1: different. because those corgis are really quite lumpy. They're weighty little motherfuckers, aren't they?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean they're gonna, but they're gonna—they're hard to get off your foot, I suppose. But they're not gonna get very high up the knee.
1: So number one, number Dylan, one, the humping Downing Street dog.
2: Yes. Okay. Do you want number two? Yes, please. Number two. Speaking of people who should have the balls chopped off, Matt Hancock. Matt Hancock's resignation. <laughs> oh god. Now it was a big story. But it was also a ridiculous story it's like it's the dream it's got both right uh wh- what i love when we will forget this because everyone will be like, oh yeah he he would he, he was he had to resign because he had an affair no he had to resign for breaching social distancing guidance <laughs> right so the fact the problem wasn't that he was kind of caught on camera and seen by the world kind of grinding against his girlfriend at the back of a door the problem was that he was just too close to her.
1: So it's a very, very unsexy reason to resign, it's really actually. unsexy.
2: I mean, obviously, it was like, I mean, there's not many things less sexy than the video of him doing oh. his oh. Oh. You know what, him. I don't
1: I just... think any of us would look great if we were caught on CCTV doing that. What, doing a, having a lunge? Yes, having a, a squirm and a grope and a grind. Yeah. Yes, but... thankfully that's not going to happen. But yes, but Matt Hancock is not the dream, it's true.
2: He, I mean, he all but kind of sort of breathes on his hands and rubs them together beforehand in a kind of, you know, it's kind of, mm. and I guess the worst thing, <laughs> the worst slash best thing about all that was he did resign, but he sort of seemed kind of proud about the whole thing. Definitely. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yes. I think you get that with late starters. <laughs> no
0: i agree he definitely was the sort of hancock of the walk kind of attitude yeah. wasn't it it was very much like uh, yeah well you know lost my job. In the name guys yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. exactly had an affair
2: but have you seen her you know <laughs> yeah. it was kind of hmm yeah uh but he, um is yeah, he so writing was... a book oh god he must be he i heard he be. was he
1: was planning his his tell-all book who would buy that book
2: well, I guess he, I mean, I guess his experience, I mean, he was the health secretary in the first, you know, the, in the majority of the pandemic. He was, he was in a fairly, you know, central, central role in terms of having to lie about how many masks there were and stuff, you know. Yeah, so, someone had, someone had to do that job. Um, but,
1: and, and he even made that
2: look boring. <laughs> yeah. No, I I mean, I I think he's sort of, it's a remarkable story, actually politically story, because he was, he was really at the heart of government, right at the top of government. And then the next day he was just gone, yeah. you know, which of course leads to sort of the conspiracy theories about it. But. I just, I mean, I just don't even see how that works. What are the conspiracy theories about well, it? Well, that somebody somewhere wanted to get rid of him because of his good and or bad handling of the COVID pandemic. It depends I mean, on, which, which, they on had which, many... which side of the mad fence you sit, really.
1: <laughs> but they had many ways into that, didn't they? If someone wanted to get rid of him. Did they have to film him um, groping his mistress?
2: Well, if Did... you're the pri- if you're the Prime Minister, you can just sack him. It's fine. You can do yes. what you want. So, um, so I don't think so. But it was the way, that there was a camera. On the roof of his office, which had literally there? always been there. Oh. Always been there. Been there like forever, for as long as he'd been there, which he'd A, never noticed, and B, decided to stand right in front of to have an affair, which is just, I mean, there's you no. Could,
1: you could almost think that he wanted us to know. Wow.
0: Well, I wonder, that would have been an interesting conversation. Do you think that Dylan was in the conversation? Boris and Dylan sitting there going, I He's, one, Dylan... of us, yes, He's exactly. one of us, guys. So He's one of us. I'm really sorry. <laughs> Dylan is humping his leg. Do you think it and... made Boris like him slightly more? Oh, I Sorry, know.
1: mate, got to do this, but I see your point. Yeah,
2: exactly. Finally a man he can understand, yes. <laughs> do me. Do you, want, do you want another one? Yes. Okay, Rishi Sunak, visiting a school, speaking to, I can't remember when this was, I think it was about June or July, speaking to a couple of kids, and he was talking about his his various problems, and he said to them, I'm a coke addict, a total coke addict. <laughs> remember this? No. He said, I'm a total coke addict, and they looked at him like, what the fuck? Chancellor <laughs> and he said, and you could see him panic. And he said, this is all on film. Uh, Coca-Cola addict, just for the record. To be clear, I'm a Coca-Cola addict. I have seven fillings. And these these two boys are staring at him like, in kind of like, this is a weird conversation. And then he's going, the best stuff is from Mexico. And they're going, what the hell are you saying now? Oh my <laughs> and he's going, it's the only place where they make it with the right kind of sugar or corn syrup or something. Mexican Coke. Yes, I love Mexican Coke. And these two these two boys are just kind of going, You know, um, just (laughs) mouth agape. And Rishi Sunak, you can sort of see the whole kind of him going, this is is a ridiculous disaster for a politician to be embroiled in, but it's the precise sort of ridiculous that it's going to get on the news at 10. I'm in trouble here. And indeed it did.
1: But how extraordinarily innocent of him. To say yeah. that. I mean how removed is he to say I'm a coke addict three times the best stuff is from Mexico, by the way.
2: He, yeah, it was just he was trying to he was trying to make it better by going into the Mexico digression. <laughs> it's like, No, dude, this is just gets worse and worse.
1: I agree. He sounds And also he was trying to be down with the kids by talking about Coke in the first place. And it's just a great big disaster, which shows me how rarefied he is. Yeah. Is this
0: yeah. available on YouTube? And I will put this in the show notes, guys. Absolutely. Like, yeah. absolutely. I
2: mean, I'm sure it is. I haven't seen it for a few months, but absolutely, I'm sure it is on, it, it, it is on YouTube. Because that's really on...
0: But I agree, Annabelle. It sounds like you wouldn't make that mistake if you were a genuine coke addict. And you certainly wouldn't. Or someone who go had down ordinary the conversations
2: with ordinary
1: people a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you know anybody who had any friends or you know, it's just it's. I find it really, really bizarre. It's like he's just landed from another billionaire planet and uh, started talking about Mexican Coke. Well, I mean, well done him.
2: Yeah, well, absolutely, and um, and it was sort of, it was sort of memorable, but it did. I mean, it does. You know, people talk about Rishi Sunak as the coming man, the obvious next prime minister. This, as you say, does give a flash into a a certain unworldliness there. I maybe, mean, he Boris might be very, knows yeah. Boris
1: knows his Coke from his Coke. I'm sure, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, even if he is an old Italian, Jacob Rees-Mogg, not so sure.
2: Yeah, um, I think he's probably knows. never seen either. Never seen either. he's <laughs> absolutely right. Or he might drink it in a little, in a little, you know, have it put on his table in a little metal jug, a little pewter. He'll yes. drink it out of pewter or, or crystal. Yes.
0: I also love the idea of of Coke being the entryway. To children, it's like let's talk about really terrible for you soft drink. But <laughs> that, that, that hopefully your parents will. Yes, he whispered to an aide.
1: For he went on, what 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 do children like? And what are they got, doing these got days? They got Coke. <laughs> <like> coke. <laughs> <laughs> and he's off. Uh, uh, he likes Yorkshire tea though. Does he? Yes. It, no, that's just he whispered Oof. to an aide when he visited Yorkshire. Rishi. What did they like? And the aide said Yorkshire tea, <laughs> and it just worked better saying I love Yorkshire tea than it did saying I, I love. Thought Coke. I
0: thought yeah. he famously said that he that he only drank Yorkshire tea, and Yorkshire tea sales went up like massively. Probably got, 19th, probably got 20th. shares.
2: Didn't he have that? He had, he had that special like sort of coffee mug thing that he was photographed with. Remember this? It was like a it was some sort of coffee mug. It's some sort of usb coffee mug that you plug in that keeps your coffee and or tea at exactly the right temperature forever that it would that he was he was like sipping from it when he wrote his budget in his hoodie Photoshoot, shoot and someone figured out that it was a, a mug that cost 700 quid or something I was about that, could, that, that could that reheat
1: just... its own contents
2: yes exactly yes and sort of oh know...
0: my god that is such classic billionaire stuff isn't it it's yeah. like what do you get the billionaire has everything a mug that will keep your the contents of it at exactly optimum it's, temperature at it's all like times.
2: It, it's so innovations catalog you know it's <laughs> just like come on yeah
1: um a stocking filler Yes, exactly. But a also, it sort of slightly makes me hate him. It's like, <laughs> either drink your coffee or leave your coffee. It's like he's the type of man who eats a third of a Mars bar and then pops it in the fridge.
2: Yeah. I mean, I have, you know, I have sitting right next to me now really stone cold coffee, which I am guaranteed to drink before lunchtime. Yes. Because, <laughs> because the alternative is standing up and walking over to the sink and that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, and you, you know. might,
0: you might have a mug of stone cold tea that you left somewhere on the way as well, exactly, yes. that you've forgotten to drink because you're so fucking busy. And that's just how it goes. So just slurp as
1: you go. Yeah. Or in fact, actually, but I mean, you know, we could, you know, if anyone wants to get Hugo a Christmas present, Fran, Hugo's wife, if you're listening, he would like a rechargeable, reheating yes. coffee mug, please.
2: I'd like a £7,000 mug, please. <laughs> and, and some then, Mexican Coke. Um, yeah. Yes.
1: And what then, a night that will be. Yeah. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Then you really would be a mug. Anyway. <laughs> What's next on your list, Hugo? What's next?
2: Okay. Uh, Pretty Patel.
1: This is an advertisement from Better Help Therapy Online. Now you guys know that we're not shy about getting things off our chest. The tiny inconveniences that can ruin our days to the big overwhelming worries that can flood our nights. Trouble is, we all got into the habit of saying I'm absolutely fine. Emily and I added the but specifically to get off autopilot and give ourselves the space to say what we were really experiencing.
0: But we weren't always so free with our inner furies. A few years ago, I began experiencing debilitating panic attacks because I felt I couldn't tell anyone all the things that I was feeling, that I was not coping, that I felt like a failure. I was so ashamed. So I kept it all bottled inside. And of course, it started leaking out. It was only when I found a therapist and began sharing those doubts and insecurities with her that the panic
1: began to dissipate. Because therapy can be a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, why not give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a registered therapist and switch therapists any time for no additional charge.
0: With over a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise. And our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash midalt. That's
1: better... H-E-L-P dot com slash MidAlt. Better help, because sometimes the best thing to do is acknowledge that we are not, in fact, absolutely fine.
2: Pretty Patel, bullying, right? Uh, So last year... Uh, this is a 2020 story, rather than a 2021 story. The senior civil servant at the Home Office, uh, Sir Philip Rutnam, uh, resigned and accused her of bullying and took it to court. And Priti Patel was found by the was investigated by the Standardsy people and was found totally to have bullied him. Whereupon Boris Johnson said, "No, no, she didn't. It's fine." And didn't it he like, say?
1: Didn't he say this is where we all get behind the Pritster?
2: Yes. Yep. Get behind the Pritzker. <laughs> yep. Uh, and, uh, you know, defend the Pritzker because she's such an important and capable and safe pair of hands in the government uh, that he couldn't bear to lose her. Anyway, this year, uh, all this eventually went to court. And while Priti Patel maintains that she certainly didn't bully him, or at least didn't mean to bully him, and it was completely unintentional, uh, he's still been given £340,000. <gasps> um, now, I'm prepared... That's a costly mistake. I'm prepared to get bullied by Priti Patel for a lot less than that.
1: Well, you say that, Hugo. No, you I You don't know how bad it gets.
2: I, de- I mean, depending on how often I have to put myself through this, if it was like a monthly appointment, I would be prepared to do it for a tenth of that in a year. <laughs> what,
1: so 12 appointments?
2: 12 appointments, yep. Where At-
1: she just ripped you to shreds for, let's say, what, 45 minutes?
2: Yep, yep, sure. Where she sort of pierced... I'm trying to remember who it was. Uh one of the, I think it was I think it was Michael Deacon in the Telegraph once talked about uh Francois Hollande as being one of the few men in the world who could loom up at people. Right. And because because generally you can only loom down at people. But he, but he 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 can loom up. And and Pretty Patel can loom up. Yes, I reckon she yeah. can loom up as well. I don't
1: think a day goes by
0: on my Twitter feed where there isn't a I used to work with Pretty Patel and I didn't let her come to any meetings because she was dangerous That's basically just like the sort of the, the vibe isn't it
1: yeah, so I, I, and I love the fact I didn't bully him if I did I didn't mean it it's just my horrible personality and that's... this is discrimination if you decide to find me guilty
2: yes I thought he was joking as he lay on the floor with the blood coming out of his ears um, that didn't happen don't sue me because you could tell uh,
0: do you know? I feel like I'm slightly. I'm now slightly worried about you willingly wanting to be bullied once a month for
2: money. I feel for like, mon- for money, it... but, no, but <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, it's not just for money, Emily. It's for a lot of money. Okay,
0: sorry.
1: Yes, that's you true. Know. Do you think there's 000? a corporate service to be offered whereby you get some psychopath sitting in 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 in, in the home know, office in the no. home office. <laughs> yes in the corner office or in the big job or you know i didn't quite know what to say and um and and you could provide people to go in and be pummeled you know verbally emotionally spiritually and they, uh, you know that it would get it would get all get all the bully energy out then they'd be safe what so you could you could, you could teaching your staff resilient rent a victim basically yes oh rent a victim yeah no it's not your oh, staff I see. it's an it's outsider it's a it's, it's, it's a victim consultant who <laughs> comes in and goes all right you got an hour like you make a child run around to burn off energy. Oh, I see. Or yeah, like you bully- make Dylan the dog hump its teddy before the Queen comes to visit. So
0: <clears throat> what would you rather, be bullied by Pretty Patel or humped by Dylan Johnson?
1: Humped by Dylan Johnson. <laughs> I think Pretty Patel is absolutely chillingly terrifying.
2: I sort of think that I could put up with being bullied by Pretty Patel for money, whereas if I was being humped by the Prime Minister's dog for money, that would feel like a career change. <laughs> <laughs> no?
1: Yes. yes. yes um what's next hugo
2: okay uh so august afghanistan fell terrible awful in no way amusing or something one should be lighthearted about except dominic <laughs> rob was at the time in crete on a beach and on a was, paddleboard well this is the thing he was he was he was um he was everyone was saying why didn't you go home and handle with the handle this why were you hanging out on the beach why were you paddleboarding and he said I was not paddleboarding, I was working, and anyway, the sea was closed. And oh the sea was closed is it's just an amazing sentence. The sea <laughs> was closed. I just, I mean, firstly, how did he know the sea was closed if he was working so hard? And secondly, what's a closed sea? Um, can you close the sea? Priti
0: uh, Patel has tried.
2: <laughs> well, it's like, you know, <laughs> yeah, standing on the beach ordering the sea. I mean, I, I know what he means. He means you weren't allowed to paddleboard. The fact that he noticed is obviously suspicious, but just, I don't know, just the sea was, I just, it goes round and round in my head. The sea was closed. <laughs> and and
0: it, it, feels, it feels like sort of, Sort of like bad Ernest Hemingway. Yes. Or yeah. M- maybe uh, maybe Ernest Hemingway had that line somewhere and then just rejected it. For the other the
2: old man stared everybody... at the sea. The sea was closed.
1: <laughs> closed. What to him? The iron man stood on the edge of the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> the sea was closed. Oh, oh my no. god! The sea was closed. Yes, the it's like was... a, a, yes, when a toddler says something and you say like well, that's unexpectedly profound.
2: Yeah, but you can you can you can imagine in all kinds of like you can have it on your gravestone. The sea was closed. <laughs> He's had some extraordinary moments, Dominic Raab, hasn't he?
1: The only person I will kneel for is my wife.
2: Yeah, that is weird. Yeah. Oh. Yeah.
1: Do you, I Emily doesn't remember that. No, no, I do. Yeah. I'm just sat that was about I'm... taking the knee. Yeah, well, yeah, he, yeah no. f-
2: Firstly, he thought taking the knee was from Game of Thrones, which is like, <laughs> dude, man, like, what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, yes, it,
1: that, that's in <laughs> a par with the Mexican Coke.
2: Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. I'm just uh, trying
1: to, I know,
0: I was just trying to visualise, like, what he means, like, in devotion to his proposing.
1: wife. Proposing. Proposing. So just the ones I'm mom. a man who will not kneel for anyone, apart from my wife. Once. Oh. Once. Okay.
2: Yeah, the sea was closed. <laughs> <laughs> just, I mean, it just, I, it just goes round and round in my head. I can't stop, you know.
1: I feel like this should be the title of your next book. Here. I'm thinking, I'm thinking that I, since I've taken up needlepoint, because I'm 300 years old, I might do a cushion for you. Would you like that? <laughs> yeah, which
2: says the sea was closed. <laughs> oh right? yes, the sea was closed. <laughs> oh, yes,
1: and you always completely yes, gorgeous. Yes, never is forget.
2: It, is this like, is this like cross stitch? Yes. Yeah, so my wife Fran, my wife, who you both know, is um is a, is well sort of became a keen cross-stitcher at the start of the pandemic. But what that's what it meant, she she bought a cross-stitch thing to do, which says on it, think happy thoughts. <laughs> now, think happy thoughts is a fuck of a lot to cross stitch. And um and it's basically taken her the entire pandemic until now. And she's and she's halfway through the last word. Oh, you might
1: and, get it framed for
2: Christmas. Well, well no, no, there's no way. I mean, it's it's, it's, it's going to be June before she's finished it. But it's always, it's been this sort of thing we used to joke when it was taking us so long that like, ha ha ha, like your cross-stitch will be finished before this pandemic's over. And now it's like, oh God, you know, even though it's going to have been... Three years or whatever, it might it might even be true. Yeah. Also
0: I feel like sorry, but I feel like that's quite a sort of pretty patel statement. It's like think happy thoughts. Yes. <laughs> like, like, I don't give a fuck about your actual thoughts. Just think happy ones. This is what we need you to do. Like it's not like uh, particularly conducive to uh, to, yeah. to relaxation.
2: Unlike the sea was closed.
0: <laughs> God. Dominic Raab. More,
2: more. Okay, uh, let's see what we've got. I've got another. I've got another three for you. Which one should I give you first? Dominic Cummings. Other Dominic. <laughs> Dominic Cummings just sort of going rogue generally. It's so. It's, it's last. It's last year, believe it or not, that he that he resigned. Although it seems like only yesterday. But this. It was this year that he started. That he sort of went public. That he started tweeting and blogging and giving interviews. The first interview he gave, whenever it was, I forget, uh, was when he talked about how he had, for a while after the election. Plotted to oust Boris Johnson as Prime Minister with his many friends. Now, the, the, the thing I love about this is nobody knows who these friends are, and there's there's a strong suspicion that they are imaginary. And um, and I just really like the idea of Dominic Cummings and his imaginary friends thinking they're running the country.
0: He does. He does feel like someone sitting there at his desk, going, "What do you think? What do you think?" Muttering in his Yes, exactly. Oh, I wonder if this happened. Maybe he's speaking. Maybe it's the sort of. The ghosts of, uh, of of kind of past leaders or or yeah. kind of historical figures he admires that speak to him.
2: The way he talks about it is like, yes, there was a circle of people within Downing Street, and it sounds really important. And then you're like, hang on, I know. I, I mean, I do know roughly who you're talking about. You're talking about that 17 year old kid who worked for Vote Leave, and that <laughs> and that sort of that that mad old Tory who shouts uh. shouts at cows and thinks, you know, I mean, it's like a you know, it's this sort of it's a sort of collection of completely completely crazy people that he's sort of portraying as the Bilderberg Group. And I just I love the grandiosity of it.
1: I it, I think part of his grandiosity was the fact that he always looked so sort of run over and falling apart when he went in. I think the more powerful you want people to think you are, the more you dress down. Mm-hmm. And I, I you know I don't care what people wear, but even I found myself thinking, put on a suit for God's sake. <laughs> Did
2: you... Or just or just a shirt. <laughs> just a shirt.
1: <laughs> just a shirt. <laughs> yeah. I liked it when he said when he leaked, you know, Boris saying, "All I want to do is write my Shakespeare book. I'm bored of all this. I need to make some money. I want to go write," and uh, and then all hell broke loose. Really, it's like we didn't lock down because Boris is yeah. writing his Shakespeare book because he can't afford his, you know, unidentified number of children.
2: But it's the, I mean, it's the, I don't know, the, the coming story generally. It goes so close to the heart of what's going on with the the Johnson government from the start because, like. They all knew Dominic Cummings. He'd been around a while. You know, David Cameron refused to let him be- become a special advisor because he thought he was a nutter. You know, I mean, this is like this is virtually on the record. And so Boris Johnson brings him into government. Eventually, he completely betrays Boris Johnson. He now ref- he now refers to Johnson as, as the shopping trolley crashing down the aisle <laughs> in a supermarket, which is a decent enough metaphor. And he you know and he blogs. I think he's got a Substack now, and he blogs and he just sort of spills the beans. And you just kind of think, well. Who could have seen this coming, except everybody?
1: <laughs> Who could have seen Cummings coming? Yeah. Oh, I don't, don't want to say I told you so, but <laughs> holy hell, what were you thinking?
0: I like that. I like the fact that anybody doing anything that they shouldn't do in our household is now called go doing a Barnard Castle. <laughs> That's, it's, like, it's, it's
1: brilliant. Thank you. Thank you for that. What's he going to do next, Dominic Cummings? What do you think is going to happen to him, Hugo?
2: He'll keep on blogging. Uh, and um, I have a degree of admiration for Dominic Cummings because he doesn't—he doesn't mess around. And what he hasn't done which he could have done post- brexit is just go to America and be mad there instead but for much much more money you know he could have gone to he could be advising the crazy you know the the, the craziest bits of the Republican Party and probably earn, and like earning loads and being one of these people who you know appears on Fox and sets up polling companies and does all that kind of stuff and he's like he's got this position no they're, they're crazy and I don't want to work with them you know so and he so he does believe himself to be doing the right thing and he's quite an interesting futuristic thinker but just sort of just so vicious and unreliable. Mm. And, you know, I mean, you just wouldn't, you wouldn't want to have to rely on him in any sort of way. He's a dangerous, dangerous person.
1: Would you um, accept large amounts of money to go and uh, uh, and be bullied by Dominic Cummings for I, an hour a month?
2: Oh, that's interesting. I don't think he'd be a very good bully. You know, I think he'd be, I think he'd be, um, I think Pretty Patel's probably got this thing as a bully, which is a kind of complete sort of gimlet-eyed sort of lunacy kind of thing that she's not really going to understand she'll have no she'll have no idea of who to bully and who not to bully and no concept of status she you know she'd probably sort of she probably she probably bullies furniture you know she'd just, she'll shout at anything whereas Cummings uh, Cummings I think would only really bully somebody who he was definitely sure he could get away with bullying if you see what I mean uh, and I think a man of about his own age he's not going to bully
0: and it, but you he know. might just talk about you behind your back with his
1: many friends
0: Yes,
2: Yes. although that's literally what we're doing about him right now, so that's fine.
1: (laughs) With his many imaginary friends, his
2: imaginary friends will come and get you. Yeah, no, like I said, I do, I do sort of slightly admire him while sort of being very glad he's not getting to do with politics anymore ever again. Hopefully.
1: Well, see, you know, I mean, you know, I didn't know about the David Cameron not not wanting to to, to work with him. So from my point of view, he just appeared out of nowhere. This sort of Svengali figure. I thought, oh my God, it's Boris's Peter Mandelson. No, was he? Is he a genius?
2: Well so he was basically he was he was Michael Gove's sidekick at the Department of Education for a long time but Gove wanted to bring him into I can't remember where it was and Cameron ruled out. He before that he was uh he was involved in the um the AV referendum and he was involved in some keep the pound thing long long ago. So he's been on the scene for quite quite a long time with a reputation for just being basically for being sort of one of the nutters really. But a very effective nutter, and you know he's a good campaigner. I mean, he did, he did, uh, he 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 won a referendum and he yeah. won an election, you know, yeah. and um, yeah. And, and he, I and think, he, I think
1: people will buy his book.
2: Yeah, although you don't need to because his blog posts are like forty thousand words long. So <laughs>
1: it's true. He's already serialized it, basically all the good yeah. bits. What's, as long as
2: there's a really good editor, it might be just about.
1: What's really your good. penultimate moment for us?
2: Penultimate, my penultimate moment. Okay, uh, Labour finally. Um, <laughs> uh, Angela Lorraine. When she called the Tories scum oh, in yeah. September, she said, and 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 what I liked about this was how brazenly unapologetic she was. Firstly, it was, firstly, it was the second time she'd called the scores the Tories scum, because she had called she called them scum last October and then apologized for it and then did it again. And then and, and her her defence for calling Tories scum was, but they're scum, which um which is uh, I mean I, I sort of, uh, Angela Rayner is just this sort of like amazing amazing figure who is um I mean she, she could she could bully you if you set, set your mind to it you know she's like what she's a she's a sort of 39 year old grandmother she doesn't mess around she's had a sort of she's had a rough life everyone in labor is sort of terrified of her yeah imagine putting is. her
1: and Pretty Patel in the ring I mean my money would be on Angela
2: oh hell yes yeah. definitely you know yeah she can loom down and she, uh, she, you know.
1: she can loom in every direction and she is a believer and she truly believes with every fiber of her being that the Tory party has come.
2: Yes. So yes. you
1: know, if she apologises, I mean, fine. But that's happened. What do you you know? What do what we meant to do with that?
2: Yeah. No. And I think it was. And, and actually, there's a you know, there's a strong constituency for the Labour Party of people who think the Tories are scum and don't want to say sorry about it. You know, and people. And she kind of um, her role in Labour. Well, her role in Labour could be, it, it isn't because her and Keir Starmer don't appear to get on, which I think is a mistake on both. The yes, I agree. Because, yeah. Because they, they need they, each other. Not, they need each other, and they're not politically all that different. Um, because Angela Reina, she's not a she's not a sort of sort of far left Corbyn headbanger at all. You know, she's 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 relatively rel- relatively moderate. But her role is sort of is supposed to be a kind of sort of Prescott role. John Prescott role, yeah. mm-hmm. as in you know, as in she 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 says all the she says all the things that the leader doesn't want to say, so the leader can appeal to moderates, and she goes, no, the scum, you know, um, <laughs> and um and she's actually quite good at that. But yeah, no, I think she's a, I think she's sort of <laughs> terrifying and fascinating. Yes, because yeah. when
1: someone said you know call I can't remember who said calling the Tory scum is unhelpful, she was like, yeah, what's your point? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I know. I think probably we should be all be a little bit more Angelina. Like <laughs> yes, I said my whole time apologising. What would
1: Angelina do? Yeah,
0: exactly. Maybe we should think about this. No, because I mean, I would apologise immediately before I even said you Tory would apologise. Yes, You're, exactly. you're constantly yeah.
1: apologising.
0: I said, "I'm sorry. I'm going to say Tory scum. Sorry, sorry, sorry." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But
2: you, but you also probably wouldn't fundamentally believe that certain groups of people are scum. You know, I mean, which yes, is the thing the I mean,
1: implication wasn't the current Tories are scum. There's definitely no. a massive argument for that. It's every Tory that's ever lived and ever will live is inevitably scum, right?
2: And it wasn't even that they're behaving like scum, it was that they actually are scum. <laughs> yeah, genetically Just, you know, this, <laughs> scum. Yeah, this 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 sort of irredeemable group of people.
1: We're almost incredibly sadly at the end. So um, you know, as 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 yes, as someone said to Dylan the dog, F- finish us off, Hugo.
2: <laughs> 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 okay, this one. I maybe should have done this one this one higher up. It's probably not the best to end on, but let's end with it anyway. This was Gavin Williamson. Oh. Uh, not not when he finally was sacked for sort of kind of being rubbish, but this oh. was when it was shortly before that, where he gave an interview the Evening Standard and he talked about having the time he was on a Zoom call with Marcus Rashford. And he'd actually been on a Zoom call, Marcus Rashford, the footballer, and okay. he'd actually been on a Zoom call with Mario Itoji, the rugby player. Oh, God. Uh, two people who have basically nothing in common with each other except for their skin colour. And I mean, it was a kind of, wow. Uh, I mean, that was like, like, you've really, you've really, I mean, especially Marcus Rashford, one of the most famous people in the country. Yeah. For how long Gavin Williamson had gone through life believing that he'd spoken to this man, <laughs> when in fact they never had. It was just, I mean, and Williamson was just this amazing figure. Like you kind of, you look at the government now, and the government doesn't sort of necessarily seem to be doing splendidly, but actually the level, the sort of implied level of competence has kind of rocketed with, uh, well, the people we've been talking about, the slight sidelining of Dominic Raab and the sacking of Gavin Williamson. You know, Williamson, he was the, he, the education secretary throughout the pandemic, and as schools fell apart, he embarked upon this this cunning plan to do fuck all oh, uh, and, and, and kept doing it. And, and they it was, kept um, not
1: sacking
0: him. Do you they think not so they accurate. deliberately kept Matt Hancock and Gavin Williamson almost to like sort of pull focus from from decoys? Pull, yes, exactly. Like well, so that people could go, oh, he's such." It's he's, all your fault. Exactly for a long time while they tried to sort of sort everything out.
2: It's an un- well, it's an unpopular view, but I don't think they're necessarily similar. I don't. Th- I think Hancock was not always that honest about what was going on and what he was capable of doing. There was a lot of lies and waffles spoken about PPE and and, and so on. But I do think he was broadly competent at least compared to everybody else. Right. Whereas Williamson was just a disaster. And, he, uh, and he had, he'd
1: been disastrous before he became Education Secretary,
2: hadn't he? Yes. Oh, yes. And he was a disastrous Defence Secretary not yeah. for very long. Yeah. And he was a... The, the thing about Gavin Williamson is he has a sort of high status within the party because he was... He was kind of sort of, uh, he was a sort of Theresa May's bruiser for a while. And, um, and then he helped Boris Johnson enormously within the party when he became Prime Minister. And because he, uh, he was Chief Whip, which he likes to, so he's sort of, he's quite a good player in the sort of internal mechanics of the party. But, and, but no one's ever accused him of being talented, right? Well, I mean, no. I, guess he's ta- I guess he's talented at that. Yeah. You know, he's probably talented at playing off various factions against each other. Yes, because he's like a
0: sneaky sort of, sorry, he really gets my goat. But you feel like he's... on. Yeah, you've
1: always hated him. Yes, I have always hated him.
0: But it's sort of that... He did something that
1: really pissed you off a couple of years ago. Yeah, and I can't remember what it is. There you (laughs) go. (laughs)
0: That's annoying. Sorry. What did you do that pissed me off a few years ago, Hugo? What did you do? He did 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 something Unforgivable.
2: So he posed for a photo shoot with a whip on his desk to remind people he'd been Chief Whip. Oh, my God. I mean, this is like sort of sub-Da Vinci Code (laughs) levels of symbolism, (laughs) right? so, um, so he did. He did. He did that. Yeah, move over, and was, Dan Brown. It's and
0: he terrible. was fond of
2: saying. He was fond of saying, "You and whose army?" When he was defence secretary, which is just like, "Shut up." He had a tarant. He had a tarantula.
0: Yeah, the tarantula was bad. I think it might have been. That's so creepy. They should just go away. But I can't remember who it was. The Russians?
2: Oh, the Russians. The Russians. The Rus- He said the Russians should shut up and go away. Yeah, I mean, and it's like it's like from from Russia <laughs> to Russia.
1: What? Be specific, Gavin. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Well, thank you case. for talking us through your, your, your top moments and not mentioning the word Brexit. Well, you just said yeah, it. Yeah, did I not? I know, I just said it. But, uh, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful that you didn't mention the word Brexit because, my God. I must have just forgotten. I should have done. <laughs> well, let's all forget because it's nearly Christmas. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and what kind of Christmas are we going to have? What kind of Christmas are we going to have? A little dreary, but probably not like last year's, right?
0: Chance of snow.
1: Something, something. Chance of Mexican Coke. (laughs) 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 Flurries. Oh my God, Hugo! Thank you so much for coming to see us, Um, and we're going to force you to come back very soon. Exactly to tell us what else we should know. Yes, exactly, because we can't do anything except watch Selling Sunset and stare at the wall right now. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, Yes, so thank you so so much, and we will see you very soon. Bye bye. You've been listening to Annabelle Rifkin and Emily McMeekin of The Mid Alt. Our book, I Am Absolutely Fine, is out now. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe. And we'll just leave you with this thought.
0: Never in the history of calming down has telling someone to calm down, calmed them down.